Hey, Pie Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to season two, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Passive Income Examiner. I'm so excited again today to bring you a phenomenal guest. Today, we have Mr. Shlomo Freund. Did I say that correctly? Because if not, I'm going to say it again. Shlomo Freund. Thank you. German, you know, is my (laughs) native American, is my native language, but I never learned to speak it. So, you know, it should come naturally, but it doesn't. Don't feel bad about it. Freund is the only German word I know. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Well, it's so great to have you here. We have such an amazing topic to dive into today. I mean, we're going to get into passive investing, traveling around the world, being able to basically live that laptop lifestyle that everybody so desperately craves. Um, So like, let's just start out with you telling us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got to where you are in life. I can't wait to hear this. Sure. So uh, this whole lifestyle thing builds up. It doesn't happen in a day. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur for the past like 18 years or so. Uh, I'm an engineer, but I'm not doing engineering for a very long time now. I've always had this uh, either doing a side gig or something, even when working, doing my day job. It's kind of, I want my own ownership. And I became a financial coach about five-ish years ago, coming from since of a young age, I liked uh, reading about, you know, the first section I read in the newspaper was finance at age of eight or age of 10. Uh, I still uh, do that when I'm getting the weekend newspaper, not not, not that often. Um, I remember trading uh, US dollars to shekels with a little post-it note, yellow one, with my you know, telling my parents, oh, the exchange rate is up. I'm going to change the exchange today. So these kind of experience. So it, it was something there. And I'm also, my mother used to be a travel agent. So traveling was part of something in, in the house, uh, going different places around the world. So five years ago, I wanted to bring those two things together and build free financial self. So getting people the, their desired lifestyle, for me, it's travel and flexibility but doing it financially at the right way. That's basically, that's basically it. So I like how you say that financially the right way. So that implies that there's a wrong way. So let's talk about that a little bit. Like what are some of the things you see people doing that's holding them back from living their dream lifestyle? So I think that they see the shiny objects out there and they must have it now. While if you're looking more things long-term, then first of all, you, then you, you can think of what are the more important things for you or what is less important, important for you. And then making sure you actually get it. So you save for it, you invest for it. Um, I know, or I knew two years ago that I'm going to uh, change our car in about six months. So two and a half years ago, I I have money there. It's invested at the right amount, at the right return to get to the amount of a car. So I plan for that. Uh, so, but it's not only about the things that you have to, it's only also about the things that you want, like traveling around the world, 
like going to a vacation, like having a, I don't know if you want a sailboat, so a sailboat, all this has to be there. Just have your dreams inside your financial planning. Makes sense. I mean, I like how you're thinking. I noticed that in conversation with people, a lot of people struggle with that saving piece, you know, that, that rule of thumb that says we should have six months of savings or a year's worth of savings. Often people either a don't save enough or B, they don't know how to be strategic to get what they want. So it sounds like what you're doing is really beneficial. Um, let's talk a little bit more about how it works in your life and kind of what you do, some of the strategies that you use to become effective in that, in that in that way, so to speak. And also really, I want to get into passive income, but first tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are financially, like what steps you took. So when I work with people, it's basically following a roadmap that I developed. It's not rocket science. It's pretty simple, but it makes things just, just then make sense. And I'll, I'll go step by step. So there are four steps there. One, the first one is design your desired lifestyle, understanding what is that thing that you want to get to, how your future life looks in X amount of time. And this is where I just mentioned your dreams and things that you really care about. You want more, you want more family there, family should be there. You want um, uh, expensive cars there, expensive cars should be there. Whatever is that, you want three apartments, it should be there, any of those. Then. Uh, I find that people sometimes lacking the basic understanding of how money works and kind of sometimes basic definitions of of uh, of finances. So defining how to calculate your net worth, how to what's cash flow, how compound interest work, and how powerful that is. That's a major one. When you should take uh, loans and for what? So consumer debt versus non-consumer debt. That's the second step. So upgrading your financial knowledge. The third one is, is basically taking all your numbers and learn to control them. So this is about the calculation of your cash flow and your net worth and optimizing that. So it will be best for the fourth step where you take all those, the previous steps information and create a plan. What do I need to do today, every month, to get to all those dreams on my list and in what assets I should put that money in. And if that doesn't work with your current lifestyle or what you have right now, okay, let's see how we make that happen or let's prioritize your dreams or the things that you have to. It creates that conversation around what's important and what's less important for me in life. I hope that so makes sense. That does make sense. And I like it. And I'd like you to maybe break down today and give us like one tangible tip. Uh, your step number two, specifically about like an education on money. What do you see of the, you mentioned four different things that people struggle with, or maybe it was five. What's one of the more common ones you said? Uh, I think you said something about compound interest. Yeah, uh, that's a major one. Uh, when I show people just by playing with compound interest calculators, how powerful that is. It's like, okay, now we get it. So you spoke about people struggling to save, but even if they start to save a little bit, save and invest that in X return, we're not gonna go to that specific number now, it doesn't matter. The money can start working for you. However, it only works if you give it time and the more time, the better. As example, 
my daughter, she's now six. When she was eight-year-old, I put money for her that we're probably going to give her when she will be 20 or 21 because I want to be preferred for that. I want to give her a good starting for her life. The thing is that it's not crazy amount of money, but in 18, 20 years, it will be a significant amount of money, but it only works if you give it time, that compound interest. That's mm-hmm. my example. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So people are, you know, first of all, they're lacking a vision, right? For what they want, which is so powerful because mm-hmm. it seems like when you know your why, it's so much easier to stay committed to the plan. And then B, they're lacking a plan. I mean, too many people are just going day to day, paying the bills and trying to make ends meet and hoping that maybe one day they'll have enough money for savings or for putting it away. So you're suggesting let's make a plan now. Let's look at what we can do to grow uh, and then go after our dreams, essentially, which is smart and very effective. Also, I like how you mentioned the net worth statement. You know, a lot of really wealthy people, they go based on their net worth. I mean, when we talk about superstars or, you know, famous people, the, the media is always saying, oh, his net worth, his worth is this. Why do you do a net worth statement and how do you do it, so to speak? Like if you could give us a little tips on that. This episode is brought to you by Kajabi, the platform with a full suite of world-class online business tools working seamlessly together. I've been using Kajabi now for nearly a year and I'm absolutely in love with this program. Prior to Kajabi, I was experimenting with other platforms and so many of them were not user-friendly. They were difficult to get online pages to sync up with the cart or getting opt-ins and emails to be easily set up. I was beginning to dread the time it was going to take to set up a simple landing page. Honestly, I can say that since working with Kajabi, I have been extremely happy. I can't imagine leaving for any reason at this point, mainly because it saves me so much time and it doesn't give me a headache. Listen, I consider myself pretty tech savvy for the most part. But that doesn't mean that I want to be a tech genius every time I want to put together an offer. Kajabi makes it so simple to create online products and it gives me the tools I need so my marketing is synchronized. I really can't say enough great things about Kajabi. If you click the link in the description, you will get a free 30-day trial with Kajabi on behalf of the Passive Income Examiner. So be sure to check out the description. Now back to the show. So I go very simple. I have my own uh, spreadsheets that I calculate my net worth. It helps me track how things are going with my finances. Um, even, you know, so you mentioned all those those uh, famous people that have this and this net worth, and that makes us, okay, we need that 15, 20, 30, 50 million dollars in the bank. And when you're going through the process I mentioned before, you kind of see that you you really don't like there is a you know you're okay with reasonable dreams yes you can you you might want to have a 50 million dollar mansion but do you really need that sometimes it just doesn't give you the value that you really it's it's kind of the dream but when you're breaking this down into what it's worth for you why do you need that and this is what i'm working with people understanding how your favorite or your best day looks like and it's not about uh, swimming of, uh, in a large swimming pool with money in it, okay? It's not. It's just not. It's simple things like being with family, having good experiences, and maybe good food, okay? So 
you get to that. I think I lost a little bit track with the question. though. <laughs> well, we were talking about a net worth statement and why it's important and then kind of how to do it. Yeah. So the it, it's very uh, simple calculation, understanding what are your assets. It's your and anything, your house, your car, all your accounts in the at the bank, and then all your liabilities. These would be uh, your loans. If you have a mortgage, your mortgage, any other payments that you have, money that you owe to friends and family, maybe things like that. Uh, assets minus liabilities gets your net worth. Hopefully, it's not a negative number. If it's a negative number, start building up towards that. It will be a positive one. But I got to mention again, for me, net worth, it's not so much about that number. It's about tracking that I'm on the right track. If this, if the trend is growing, I'm happy. And this is how I see if things, what's working, what's not working, what I need to change. That's why I do my net worth. That is so powerful. And I'm just going to share with the audience and with you a little bit about my story that I've never shared on the podcast before. And it's coming up because we're talking about net worth statements. So um, when my husband and I wanted to leave the city and move out of the state, we wanted to live in the rural setting somewhere. I think it took us all in all probably three to five years once we really got serious about it. And one thing we did was a net worth statement. We met up every week and we went over our net worth statement and it was constantly going up and down, like you said, and we decided on certain assets to invest in. But what was really cool about it is it helped us get out of debt. We were negative. Our net worth was a negative at the time. Our house was uh, the only thing working in our favor. So we got out of car debt, we paid off all of our other bills and we started saving. And by the time we moved, we had savings in the bank and our net worth was positive. And that I have to say is like one of the biggest things that helped us be able to achieve our dreams. So I am saying this to just attest that your methodology is accurate and works for everybody. Um, And for people who don't know how to do it, I hope they reach out to you because it is very effective. Super effective. Yeah. I do it for like four or five years, four, four years now, more or less. So um, let's go into like your lifestyle. What was your dreams when you, you got started and kind of where were you when you started and then where are you now? Um, so I grew up in a family where traveling with the world was wasn't a thing, but it was it was always there. Uh, I guess not too many people in Israel in those years were traveling that much. Um, I think it was quite um, unusual for a four-year-old to go for a trip in the U.S. Uh, at the '80s in Israel. Um, but somehow that it's kind of in me loving to travel and what we do today is being a kind of remote lifestyle so we both work remotely both me and my wife Uh, once or twice a year we travel for a couple of months or several months somewhere and uh, we also homeschool our kids so it's kind of we take them with us we travel there we kind of experience a place as much as we can, because we can stay there for a longer time. 
And also traveling is much cheaper when you go for long term. So because by flight tickets just uh, you know spread out on a longer period, we also rent our place when we're leave when we're leaving. And uh, Israel is a pretty expensive place, so you, you get quite of your trip covered when you when you do that. So all these things are coming together to have this flexible lifestyle that is working for us nowadays. What are some of the best places you've traveled? And like, do you have any special recommendations? <laughs> wow. Uh, so we've done five or six of those locations so far because we start 2015 or 16 and once or twice a year. Yeah. Um, so we found out that we love more of uh, non-Western countries because the culture is so different. Kind of you open your eyes and you don't know what's going to happen this day that you just don't understand what's going on. Before we started this lifestyle, we lived in Beijing for three years and that was an amazing adventure. We moved there because we decided I want to see how it is to live in China. I had some, uh, I learned some Chinese before and we kind of wanted to try it out. And we stayed there for three years. I built a company there. Anyway, every day was an adventure, really. Every day, every day, every day. And now when we travel as a family, so I we've been to Thailand for two or two and a half months. We've been to Sri Lanka for three and a half months. That was a wonderful adventure. Not to say that our, let's say, Europe adventures weren't amazing. They were just different. You know the boundaries of what's going to happen today because you understand the culture. In other countries that are not Western, it was absolutely okay. What are we going to discover today? And when I said before that we like living in a place and experiencing it, so it's a few levels up when you're in a non-Western country. I hope that makes sense. I find it fascinating. I've um, never been to any of those countries, and that's why I always ask because you know, I love to hear what other people have to say. And then maybe one day I'll get there, but uh, you can, I can imagine. So you're, you like adventure and it sounds like doing something different every day. And obviously you've established yourself with a lifestyle that you're creating income while you're adventuring. So let's talk a little bit about how you've done that. Obviously that's going to be a little bit in the more recent terms. Um, what are some strategies that you've used to earn passive income? So I really diversify between, uh, I don't know if I could to say a lot or a few of those, because I really try, so first I try things, you know, a smaller scale, and then I grow them. So I do hold a star portfolio, portfolio and I do value investing there. Uh, I think that's, that's our thing. However, I also hold crypto, and at the last year and a half or two years or so, I'm also investing in niche websites. So I operate a website and different websites and different niches, um, which do bring income. I already buy them when they bring income and I uh, intend to flip them. So basically you optimize a website, you grow it, you sell it. That's, that's the business. So this comes along with my financial coaching business. It's not as passive, but because I love travel and 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 investment and that that's my way to combine that passion and help others 
Oh, it makes sense. Totally. I mean, everybody, I believe if, if you have a passion, do it. And especially if it's helpful. I mean, to me, that's the way the world works. We give and we spread that goodness. And when we bless others, they bless others and it pays it forward. But to be able to do it because you love it, not because you have to, is the power. And that's the really cool part. You know, you've, you've set yourself up so that you've got your, your basics covered. And then you do this from a place of giving and obviously you get paid for it, but I mean, you're doing it with the intention of helping others. And that's the beauty of it. That's what's so cool. Yeah. I think that, um, the most, uh, when we had the the little talk right before the recording, you mentioned a few income streams and the ones about the niche websites and all that is really not, doesn't really count or people really don't know about it, that they have, they can do that. And when you're talking about finding your passion or something that you like to do, you can find something already working and then work on that, operate it, make an income from that and basically live anywhere and do whatever you want, whatever you like. So this is something maybe a takeaway your listeners would want to. Yes, that exists. You might want to try that. Let's talk about that a little bit more. So what do you look for in a website when you're thinking of buying uh, an already set up website? Like how do A, how do you find them? And then B, how do you analyze it? Just kind of an overview of that. Okay. Uh, So I have a whole workshop on this, but uh, if just to make it uh, pretty short. So there are marketplaces out there for finding those websites. Uh, a few of them are empireflippers.com, oceaninvest.com. Uh, Flippa is another famous one. Some of the websites are, the marketplaces are vetting the websites. Some of them don't vet them. So I'm not saying it's easy. You really need to know what you need, what you, you're doing and vet the websites and understand uh, if this is a good one or not. But the offers are out there uh, on marketplaces. Other places to find that is in uh, private Facebook groups for buying and flipping websites. They also exist, uh, as well as sometimes when you are part of this market and people know that you're buying and selling websites. So basically, they just reach out to you. That also happens. And the way that it works is the website is calculated by its uh, net revenue times a multiplier around 35 times the monthly income of a website. So if you have uh, a website that makes $1,000, so that will be worth around 35,000, it can vary between, let's say a multiplier of 20 to a multiplier of 50, okay? Because if the website is very strong, if it's very old, if it has many income streams, um, then it will get a higher multiplier. If it's a downtrend, traffic. If there are problems to the website, the multiplier will be lower, but then maybe it's an opportunity because you know how to handle these problems better than others. So that's an opportunity for you. So there are all these kinds of things. Also at the last year or so, the multipliers of the market for that have gone, have gone up. So basically, even if you bought a website a year or a year something ago, even if you haven't done anything, I mean, at least you kept on what it was doing before. It's worth more, so it's it has a it it has appreciated. Interesting, like everything else, everything is appreciated. It seems like in the last in the last year, <laughs> used cars, cars, <laughs> even used food, cars, everything. Yes, indeed, um, everything but 
everybody's like base pay salary, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's great. I love that advice. I mean, that's a great tip that we've never talked about on the, on the podcast is, is flipping um, websites. The question that I'm sure everybody is begging to know is how smart do you need to be from a website perspective? Like, do you need to be an SEO guru? Do you need to have your hands in a lot of different um, avenues and understand monetization? I mean, really, is that something that you cover in your course or is that something that people really need to get educated on before even attempting that? People would need to know what internet marketing is and how to monetize websites. However, it's not rocket science. And don't forget that you can be an expert in everything. So you have, I work with freelancers and people that do some of the work that I don't feel I'm good enough at. So you can buy those services. But the basic operation of having a website, um, manage a WordPress uh, website, a little bit about plugins, uh, have content there, uh, some how affiliate marketing works, how advertising works, all this thing. Uh, it's kind of an overview, but it's not really, uh, you don't have to be an expert in that. I actually know of someone uh, who's teaching those things. Uh, you can go to the website flip.com. Um, that guy's name is Mushfik. He's got a lot of information. That guy flipped 180 plus websites at the last 10 years. So he is uh, teaching those things and talking about those things. So you might be interested to go and check it out. That is a great tip. Thank you very much for sharing. I agree. Uh, I think I will check that out. This is something very intriguing to me that I've considered but never really considered serious enough to actually look into it. You know, it's like kind of actually I'll be, I'll be honest. I have a dream board that I made back in 2006. I have it right here behind me. And along the bottom, I wrote flip businesses. And at the time I was thinking about buying and actually selling just businesses and, you know, but the more and more I learn about passive income and, and having that freedom to be able to work from a laptop and to move around. Uh, I homeschool too. So being able to take my kids on journeys and go adventuring uh, is such an appeal that I can't even bring myself to think about buying a brick and mortar business and having to put all my time and energy into it to bring it up to then resell it. I love this idea of creating these online businesses, even on Shopify. I see people just set up Shopify stores, get them optimized and then sell them like that too. So there's a couple right. avenues people can look at. This is such a great, I mean, like, I feel like we're going into such detail. I don't want to overwhelm people, but it's really valuable information at the same time too. You know, I'm like, this is good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what are some I'm of glad the tra- you share, really. Yeah. What are some of the transformations that your clients have gotten, you know, by working with you? Even just, you know, one example of somebody that you have in mind that comes to mind. You know, I find that people come to me when there are before, it's either they have, they had a change. So let's say they had uh, a sum of money or they got promoted at work or their business is working much better. It's like, okay, what's next level? What do I do? So I have an example of somebody who really didn't know anything about 
uh, how to invest and how to approach that. And now he's doing everything by himself and kind of managing his own finances as and and doing it great. Uh, and even if he's not that experienced, he knows to ask the right questions and check things. Okay, he knows the risks, he knows the returns. You know, he's on it. Okay, so that's definitely a success story from my point of view. Other kinds of people that coming to me is before a big decision. I mentioned that. Uh, so they need to decide if they are about if if they're going to buy a house or not. So they plan to buy. They want to buy. Can we do this? Can we not do this? And what I'm able to do is showing them if you're buying the house, then dream number one, two, and seven would not work. So let's talk about it. Is this important to buy the house now? Maybe just in five years, maybe just in 10 years. Let's make it all work. That's just the things we, we spoke about. But they want to understand, okay, where we are, can we do this? Do we need to postpone it? What do we do next? And then I give them uh, kind of a, a the plan of what they need to do to get to where they want. How often do you meet up with your clients? Are you meeting just monthly to review things or do you meet more often? So it really depends on on the on the program that they're at. I I just launched an online course, so we'll put that aside. It's the same information, but when I'm doing one-on-ones, it's usually 5 to 6 meetings where they have uh 2 weeks in between each meeting. And, and, and the homework that I give them. So that's the basic plan. And there's another way of doing this basic one for two and a half or three months. So, and then doing a tracking call every month throughout the year to check that you're really on things. So it's kind of the, the basic one or the essential one, and then a tracking one for another nine months. So it really depends what people choose. And there is the online course, but that's recorded so it's not it's not live with me right I especially love what you do because it's different than just a financial planner who kind of takes over your money does it for you and then shows you where you're at you have to trust them you have to I mean you're edu- you're not educated enough to understand what they're doing or not doing I love how you're empowering people to really take control of their finances and create the future that they desire it is so empowering. I love what you're doing. Um, Just going to say anybody who's listening to this, you know, they say only take advice from people who have what you want. And clearly Shlomo has the goods. (laughs) Go check him out. (laughs) What is your website? They can find you. (laughs) It's it's freefinancialself.com. That's my website. I love it. You can it. get in touch there. <laughs> uh, the The name copywriting is uh, my wife's. She she brought the name. It's a good name. It really is. Yeah. I love it. It's great. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so do, how do you guys, just random conversation. How do sure. you guys um, teach your kids financial education? Do they have like their own net worth statement and are they keeping track of their own little stuff? Okay, so our kids are not that old. Uh, my oldest is six years old. Okay. But since, since she was four, we already, even maybe a little bit before, talking about money in the house. It's not a taboo. Uh, we're, we're talking about you know, making decisions and priorities and things like that. And from a, we started giving her allowance when she was, I think she was already four years old. And she have still have 
has uh, three jars. So it's uh, spend, give, and save. And she puts the money in each one of those and she manages her finances. And of course, she makes mistakes. <laughs> and that's great because she learns from them. And she uh, buys and sells things. And uh, we're trying to be minimalist, but it's not always working with kids. So we kind of tell her, if you sell this, you have money to buy some things. Or if you bring something into the house, so let's get rid of uh, one, two, and three. Uh, so, yeah, it's a process. It's still a process because not everything is working. But it's still the, the, the financial education is around here. Well, she has control of her money. You're teaching her good money habits about where, you know, how to organize it. She's learning about buying and selling. I mean, at that age, I mean, that's perfect. I love it. And, you know, pretty soon she can be having her own net worth statement and she'll have something to show for it. So that's even, I mean, that's just really great. I'm (laughs) I'm digging it. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I, I contemplate when I should start paying her interest for postponing getting her allowance and kind of if you keep it you'll get a little bit more next month and how do I present this I have friends by the way who just their money is just in their parents bank and it's basically an excel sheet and their parents pay 10% a year for them for the money that they and they never they never use the money they just let it sit there but they understand by that the compound interest concept which is Mm -hmm. very important have you ever heard of the mark? I think it's called the marshmallow test. Did you? It's on YouTube. Yes. Is yes. That, okay. I'm going to just explain it for people who don't know, sure. but it's, it reminded me of it, what you were saying. So they took a group of five or six year olds and they took them one at a time in a room with a marshmallow. And they said, we're going to leave you here with the marshmallow. If you eat it, you only get the one, but if you wait till we come back, we'll give you two. We'll give you an extra one. So they would sit there and they have them on camera. You see their cute little faces while they're like drooling over this one marshmallow and they just want to eat it. But studies found that kids that were able to wait for that second marshmallow had that resiliency and did better financially later in life. So it's really cool what you're talking about because, you know, it teaches them that resiliency at such an important age. I think that's just brilliant. That works. So yeah, I need to think when I'm starting doing that for with my daughter, probably within a year or so. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, if she's six, you'd be surprised. I have a six-year-old. She's this. She's very like she's savvy. She's ready to do that. I think six <laughs> is a great age. You know, they also they're learning adding and subtracting, so they understand what double means. You know, if you get a dollar yep. now, you might get two dollars if you wait till the end of the month, you know, kind of thing, or however you do it. 50% oh, return next pretty year, good. next week, next week, fine. <laughs> Not next <Yeah>. year. <laughs> oh man, this has just been <laughs> such a great episode. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for coming Thank on you, and Lindsay. being a guest. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for so much for inviting. If you like mommy's so leave a review. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I am truly grateful for you. And if this podcast has inspired you in any way, head over to iTunes and leave a written review. I would appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for helping to spread the word by sharing this show with your friends.